0: Who wants some? God help us, Jesus. God and babies, Jesus help us, ladies and gentlemen of fucking America. This is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. You're coming to on Thursday night in Alabama! This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and has become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. The shit is bananas! Speak bananas! Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, here to drag of the Northeast. You are listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Give a nigga a real a cowboy. cow, White should... All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you don't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black D. College. This is bullshit, this is man. This- Fuck you! Fuck you! And fuck you! Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J.Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza, Yakuza. Kick Radio!
1: Oh, shit! How about them fucking Niners, man? Uh, You know, week one of football season, uh, what more could I hope for? You know, uh, they had us completely counted out. They had us predicted to lose every fucking game of the season. Um, Every single game. Actually, that was a straight-up headline that said, the 49ers are predicted to lose every game. We were starting the season off, favored, uh, you know, uh, with the other team favored to win each matchup. Um, We were at home first game. We were considered the underdog. And, um, look, uh, our quarterback situation has obviously been pretty fucking up and down and not knowing who was going to be what and all of that stuff. But we went in Monday night football and fucking shut out the fucking St. or uh, not St. Louis Rams. That's, that's a difficult thing to get used to. You know, St. Louis, St. Louis, all these fucking years. I know they were LA at one point, but I mean, you get used to this shit, you know, St. Louis Rams. and So fucking LA Rams. I don't give a fuck where they're from. They still got shut out on Monday night. And look, I know it's the Rams because now this is, this is the next thing they do. But motherfuckers hate to give credit where it's due. Because, you know, you get, you guys aren't going to fucking win the game. You're not going to win the game. Not only do we win the game, we shut motherfuckers out. We take Todd Gurley, who is one of the best running backs in the league. When people were going down the line picking fantasy, you know, football players, a lot of people wanted Todd Gurley as their fucking number one pick. I mean, if you had number one pick in the draft, a lot of people would have jumped on on Gurley. So the fact that we went in and shut that dude down to like 30, 30 30-something yards, it's fucking badass. I don't care who you are. So, you know, then the next thing is, is oh, well, it's just the Rams. And, you know, they had uh, what, Case Keenum or whoever the fuck. I, I understand. But look, our defense looked fucking ferocious. Uh, we, we, I mean, seriously, we looked fucking beastly on defense. We shut them down completely, the motherfuckers couldn't breathe. Um, yeah, Gabbert threw a couple passes that would have been picks if their defense was a little bit more on point. And look, we're playing Carolina next week. So, um, you know, it's not going to be the same game, that's for sure. Much more high powered offense. Um, you know, defending NFC champions, what can I say? Um, so that's that's is what it is. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to talk too too much football. Like I said, a completely revamped uh way of handling the football thing this year. I'm going to go into the – the picks are all going to go on the the group page. And as I said, I was going to line myself up against uh, my girl, my daughters, the whole nine, and, you know, see who comes out on top as far as the, uh, you know, week-to-week picks. Week one came out, and (laughs) kind of as expected – I was beat by a seven year old. Um both Nina and one of my twins, Crystal, she um well, she's actually not seven yet. She turns seven next month, so um we're talking six year old. And uh she went eleven and five. <laughs> you know. <laughs> fuck. Uh I went ten and six. So, um you know, not not too bad, but fuck man, it shows you no matter what you know or you think you know. Uh, you know. You get beat by a six-year-old. So, that's what happened. Um, uh, Jada came in uh, nine and seven, and uh, Mary Jane came in at eight and eight. So, yeah, it's going to be fun throughout the season to continue doing this. And, like I said, tomorrow those picks will be up on the uh, the group page. And, you know, you can keep track of it. Make your own picks up against it. You know, see where you, you fucking land uh, against me and the girls because uh, – Pretty entertaining to me. Uh, the other, just real quick thing I want to mention, man, is poor fucking RG3. This, this dude is fucking pretty much done. He got knocked the fuck out. He's out for, I think, eight or ten weeks or some kind of crazy shit. He's going to need fucking surgery again. That fucking guy, man. Talk about like a guy with a ton of fucking talent and just just couldn't keep it together. I mean, just uh, injury upon injury uh, you know, all of that talent just, just didn't amount to shit because uh, just just couldn't keep them healthy. I mean, I, I guess it's partially a team not being able to protect them. The dude was getting fucking injured in preseason, you know, on the Redskins. And it really, a lot of signs were pointing to them, just kind of feed them to the wolves. I think the management didn't like them much. And, uh, you know, things started to go in that direction where it was just, uh, man. He didn't stand a chance, and um, yeah, I thought Cleveland was really gonna be like a, a rebirth for the dude, and he was really gonna blow shit up over there and um unfortunately, fucking week one and out, so back to the drawing board for Cleveland as usual, you yeah, know, poor guys, what the fuck um so yeah that that's pretty much all I got as far as the football thing um so yeah that that's um that's that um. Well shit. I guess let me just all right. Let me get into this. Now, if anyone is listening to this podcast because they're looking to hear their name, you might as well just turn this podcast off and go fuck your mother because I'm not going to put you over. Basically, <laughs> I'm going to talk about a situation and and reiterate my feelings on, on things, but but I'm not going to be putting anybody over and announcing their bullshit name. You know what I mean? So so if you're looking for that, that's not going to happen. However, let me, let me go back into this whole situation. Now, last week on the show, I went into my feelings on uh, the whole dicks out for Harambe and the whole Harambe situation and everything and how ridiculous I thought it was. And how, to me, it was just a shitty joke to begin with, and the fact that the, you know what happened to begin with wasn't really a laughing matter. Believe me, I, I fucking love raw comedy. Funny is funny, and I've heard really fucking crazy-ass jokes on really sensitive topics, but because they were done well and it was done by a fucking comedian and not some jerk-off with a meme on Facebook, shit was fucking funny. The fact of the matter is, is a lot of people now, it's just a bunch of edgy, well, want to be edgy hipsters, which they just try to say the most offensive thing in the world and they try to run with it and eh, they, they get off on trying to offend people. So it is what it is, but you know, I posted my, my, uh, whole situation on it, my thoughts on the situation last week and pretty much, you know, stated how like I'm done tolerating this shit now. Let me explain something about Facebook. Facebook is something where, oh, man, I have so many fucking quote unquote friends on there. It's such a loose term, but a lo- I had—I think I've—I've I've gotten rid of most of that now. But for a long time, I had a lot of people that I didn't even fucking like on there. And Facebook sometimes serves as somewhat of like a people watching. You know how people sit there and you know. In public, some people actually like go out to like a mall and people watch and shit like this. So, Facebook has kind of served to me as you know, not only like a place where I can talk to people I do like and maybe see news and and um, you know, like updates on because I, you know, I'm friends with a tons of wrestlers on there, so a lot of times, I mean, you know, the ones that I don't interact with. I have him on there, and then I see, oh fuck, oh he's working here, oh shit, this match is here, and it, you know, so you just see kind of updates, I guess, somewhat of a news feed as they call it, of you know where some of the guys are working and you know dream matches and different things that'll pop up and just fuck man, maybe you wouldn't have heard of it before, but it pops up because someone else posted it. So there's reasons like that, but like the people watching aspect of things, there's people I just fucking clearly just don't like but some of the crazy asinine shit they posted would be entertaining enough to keep them on. And sometimes you'd screenshot the bullshit they're posting and fucking send it to somebody else and laugh it together or whatever it is isn't this. And that has a certain level of entertainment value to me. It, as of late, it has gotten very old to me. It, it's, it got to the point where it doesn't entertain me anymore. I'm a grown ass man. And you know a lot of people might look at the way that I talk or the way that i I view things as negative and I'm very negative. I've been called negative a lot this this past week um the fact of the matter is I'm not I'm very positive honestly i'm I'm very critical of everything I'm very outspoken I'm very critical that's that's something straight up, but I'm I'm straight up honest, I'm fucking blunt to the point, I'm not passive aggressive, I mean, and I'm not saying this to just sound like a tough guy, but I'm aggressive aggressive, when I go at my shit physically in the fucking gym, I'm fucking aggressive, When I say something about how I feel about something, I'm fucking straightforward to the fucking point. I don't beat it around the bush. When you beat around the bush and, you you know, you dance around the topic and you you do everything you can to say something about something but not hurt people's feelings, that's passive-aggressive. So a lot of times people use that term and they don't know what the fuck it means. So... Anyway, I um I just decided recently, and you know this Harambe thing was one of the things that was going to be a trigger, and I was like, you know what? Anybody who who's on that camp where I find this shit really funny, fuck you, because and, and and like for real, like not like, wow, I can't take a joke on Facebook. Look, you motherfuckers aren't really my friends. If you are then you know this doesn't apply to you, and you know it doesn't need to be said or fucking anything. The people who are my friends know they're my fucking friends. But if you can really look at yourself, and because you're on my Facebook list, decide that I owe you some kind of fucking discussion on what offends me and what's – I don't owe you a fucking thing. We're not actually friends. So when it comes down to, like, I don't fucking like something, I could just move the fuck on. I've cut motherfuckers out of my life that I have relationships with. You think that some motherfucker on Facebook that I didn't like to begin with, when I get tired of the bullshit that comes out of his fucking fingers, do you think... Do you think I could just cut that motherfucker out and I don't owe you a fucking explanation or a discussion? I don't have to try to work shit out with motherfuckers that I never cared about to begin with? Do you understand that? Does anyone fucking, does that register with anybody? Because that seemed to be the problem. Because I pretty much drew my fucking line in the sand and I said, look, anybody who's down with this shit, anyone posting these fucking names can go fuck themselves from here on out. And within two minutes, one of those people who I never fucking liked—I've I've buried him on past shows—immediately posted the fucking meme. He later on said well, it was an inside joke between me, you know, whatever. To me, that's passive aggressive because two minutes after I posted, anybody who posted that shit could fuck themselves. That dude ran to his fucking wall to post some shit. So to me, that's passive aggressive. Yeah, you know I mean, easy enough gone and then I fucking, you know, posted a little fucking insult or whatever the fuck about him. But, you know, shit, man. Like I said, I buried that fucking dude on the show before, so it wasn't some shit like, "Oh, what do you mean he doesn't like me?" No, I don't. I don't fucking like you. It it's right out there in the fucking open. Now, let's let's go let's go a little further into this just as as far as the topic goes. Now, I work with animals. That's what I do. I dedicate my life to working with animals. I raise my children to love animals. I, I fucking this is what I do. I save animals' lives, and this isn't some bullshit that like there's nothing that I do as far as this or animals or, or whatever. That's just for attention. This is, this to me, this whole podcast thing is a cool outlet to me. I I do enjoy doing it. I do like being able to vent. And, you know, it's somewhat of an outlet. And, um, you know, the fact that a couple people listen to this is is cool to me. You know what I mean? But it's not like really that I'm just dying for attention so bad that I need to do this or do that. If that was the case, I'd be saying a lot of things just to say them, to bring in attention. I would be saying things to please people. But that's not not what I'm about. So as far as my, my love for animals... This shit goes, look, wrestling is a form of entertainment that I enjoy. But if it came down to my passion for animals and the the amount of dedication I put in day in, day out to fucking saving animals' lives and being all about that, if if it came up where wrestling is all about motherfuckers who don't care about animals and then there was what I do – Well, then I would never never watch wrestling again. I'd never be involved with anything wrestling again. And I would never look back or miss it or feel bad about it. Wrestling is a form of entertainment. So there is no fucking comparison as far as my level of importance or priorities on which one I care about or whose fucking opinion I'm going to side with. It is what it is, dude. Before, during, and after wrestling, I fucking, I work with cats six days a week. This is what I do, man. Every day, I deal with life or death situations with cats. And I've made a giant fucking impact and got thousands upon thousands of cats fucking homes. Hundreds of cats that never would have left the fucking shelter if it wasn't for my influence in their life. That's what the fuck I do. So I don't give a motherfuck if you don't like what I do. I don't give a motherfuck if you don't like my opinion. You can suck my motherfucking dick. Because when I, it comes down to it, this is my fucking passion. And there's one thing that you can't say about me. You cannot say that I'm fake. Because I'm straight up, I'm fucking in your face about exactly how I fucking feel and what I'm about. Ask me any fucking thing honestly. Straight up. Try that shit. Try that shit with me where you fucking ask me some honest opinion about fucking anything. And I'm going to tell you straight up how I feel. You know, I get these motherfuckers, and look, I'm not going to fuck, I'm going to point out a couple of situations as far as the people who came out of the woodwork that supposedly hated me so much. One of these motherfuckers, one of these little motherfuckers, I had invited to my fucking house. We went on, you know, because the dude weaseled his way into fucking, in, into cars as far as, like, taking a trip to wrestling shows with us, and I wasn't a driver or anything like that, but... He became a dude that had a car, didn't feel like driving it, but decided to just catch a ride with us. So it was cool. Fucking whatever, whatever. And he lives, like, close enough around here where, like, right near my fucking house, right? And he's a little young-ass kid, too. Like, I mean, he's over 18 and, you know, no crazy shit like this, but, you know, he, you know he's a little young-ass kid. So now, this kid rode with us sometimes and this and this, and... Yeah. The dude would be like, hey, you mind if I come over and watch the the WWE pay-per-view on fucking Sunday? I'd be like, sure. I had the motherfucker over. I fed the motherfucker dinner. I fucking invited him over to fucking barbecues. All of this shit was cool, right? And then all of a sudden, this shit come down, and he comes out of the woodwork as one of these motherfuckers that can't stand me. It's like, whoa, okay. That's one of these fucking dudes. See, people call me negative and people say a bunch of shit about me as far as what the fuck I'm about. But this is one of the motherfuckers that jumped on Team team Dickhead. You know what I mean? So it ain't shit to me because motherfuckers wasn't shit to begin with. But, but bottom line, you put what the fuck I've done for these people. And it's not all of them. It's not like I have any kind of relationship with any of them, really. But this motherfucker in particular... Come on, man. That's some old wild shit, and it's not some long term friendship. Again, it's a little leech that jumped on some some shit in here, and, and then and then I was just I was just fucking generous to that dude. I was just fucking nice, and, and you know I bust balls and all of that type of shit with the kid, but nothing that would warrant like <laughs> this dude's fucking against me after everything I fucking done. You know, as far as allowing this motherfucker to. Come here and do this, and you know, fucking wild shit, right? Another one of these dickheads, right? Again, no long relationship. I haven't had fucking two Sentence of conversation with this dude. But this dude at Tournament of Death, he bought a shirt off me, right? And then he fucking, uh, I'm over there and I'm talking to Robbie and everything, and he steps in and he wants to get a picture of Robbie and Maven. Now, his friend is too fucking stupid to work his motherfucking phone. So, he's sitting there fumbling with the shit and fumbling with the shit. They can't get the fucking phone to work and isn't and it I got the camera hanging around my neck. So, I'm like, oh, yo, I got it, man. So, okay, I don't know this motherfucker. I take the picture, send it to him on fucking Facebook the next day. This is another motherfucker that comes out of the woodwork that can't fucking stand me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know this motherfucker for shit. but But somehow... I've really hurt his fucking feelings along the line. I don't know how the fuck that happened, but I didn't do shit to him. So it is what it is, man. And, and, you know, the bottom line, as far as I'm concerned, because a lot of motherfuckers talked a lot of crazy, wild shit. I'm going to tell you, look, I've been going to wrestling on a steady basis. And, um, honestly, recently, not nearly as steady as I used to, but, um, I, starting 2001, I've been going, I, I was going to wrestling shows, so, I mean, we're talking, you know, 15 years, like, pretty, pretty fucking solid, like, you know, 15 years, right, a lot of those years, I was an alcoholic, and started shit, and said, wow, shit, and this and that, and started, you know, look, man, you know, I went through those fucking years where, like, I had to do damage control, like, in the morning, like, I'd have to fucking check my Facebook and all this shit and be like, who the fuck did I start shit with last night, like, what the fuck, because I would get blackout drunk and shit, right, well, I've been sober for over three years, and that's another reason why I'm I'm beyond fucking confident about my feelings and about the way that I carry myself, because I'm fucking proud of myself, you know what I mean, I fucking work, my kids fucking love me, and that, that right there, that right there, means more than any one of you motherfuckers ever will, ever ever fucking will. How do I give a fuck about how a wrestling fan feels about me when my motherfucking kids light the fuck up when they see me every day? How the fuck can I let you motherfuckers into my world and decide whether I'm in fucking jail or not when my fucking kids light up every time they see me every day? Motherfuckers, they they make these fucking little bullshit comments. I had this one motherfucker on there. Dude weighs 110 pounds. And he's talking about that I got negative body fat and all I do is run, so I can't do shit. Look, man, I know what I'm fucking capable of. I'm very, very well aware of what I'm fucking capable of. I train my motherfucking ass off. And I push my body to the fucking limits in these motherfucking Spartan races. And, and fucking 20 mile fucking battle frog extreme that I did And it ain't just fucking running motherfucker You look into this shit And you you fucking follow in my footsteps Do exactly what the fuck I do My gym training, my fucking eating, my regiment My fucking everything On top of working 47 hours a week You know what I mean? Follow, follow exactly what the fuck I do And see, see what's up with you None of you motherfuckers have the dedication to do what I do Beyond any of that 15 years, right, I, I had to get, you know, a team of, um, of crack mathematicians to crunch the numbers and figure out over 15 years of wrestling, that's a lot of shows, you know, that's, that's so many shows, and and I had to crash, crack the numbers, crunch the numbers and find out exactly how many people have come and said some wild shit to me to my fucking face, and so... After many hours of calculating, and and um, I was using the abacus, and um, I was, you know, I mean, calculators were breaking. I had to go through number after number, and and it turns out the amount of people who've talked shit to my face over all these fucking years is
0: zero point zero,
1: and that's pretty much where it begins and ends, as far as I'm concerned. That that's pretty much that's that's pretty much all I gotta say. People can feel the fuck the way they want about me, but I'm proud about who the fuck I am and and like I said, man, you don't like what the fuck I'm about, suck my motherfucking dick. And feel free to fucking say some shit to my face, man, because I'm not running around and again. Keep in mind, I'm not letting you take my fucking freedom away from me. Whether I think I could do whatever I, whether I know I can do whatever I could do, I'm still going to make the call on what the fuck goes down. And there ain't a fucking ounce of fear in me when i seen the motherfucking 10, not even, maybe 10 people tops who jumped on Team Dickhead. Not a one of them is kicking my ass. I guarantee you that. And I know people go out of their way to go, oh, he knows where I'm at. Let him come find me. Dude, I ain't fucking Batman, first off. It's never, ever been my job to go and fucking beat down motherfuckers who I don't agree with. You can just fuck yourself. It's as simple as that. I don't have to go find you and enforce some shit. I don't have to do a motherfucking thing. But I know if... You're in my fucking face. All of that kind of crazy shit isn't going to go down. I'm positive of that. I'm just fucking absolutely positive of that. But it's it's all good, man, because, like I said, I I got no shame in my game. Nothing I'm doing on my end is something where I go, man, I shouldn't have done that. You know, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. I used to live that life. I used to live that life on a regular fucking basis where I had to make a lot of fucking apologies. There's a lot less of that going on these days. Definitely, I'd say not much of it at all because I'm very proud of the fucking man I've become, I, you know, and, and that's that. Now, you know, again, on, on the subject of animals, this kind of came, um, and, you know, I had just gotten tired of, of letting these motherfuckers uh, – be in my news feed, be somewhere where I had to read their bullshit. So it just got to the point where it was like fucking gone, man. And and it's funny because people call me negative. People call me negative. But what was I doing to begin with? I, I might have been doing it in an aggressive way by telling them to fuck themselves on the way out. But I was removing people who were being negative off my motherfucking radar. So I never had to read their bullshit again. I've seen some shit that I didn't like, and I, I removed them so I never had to see them, them again. And, and, you know, I had some people hit me up. Oh, I thought we were cool. But, you know, I, it was just a joke, and it's not hurting anyone. I said, good, yeah, man. Well, bye. Take care. You know, it was all good. It's just people don't get it, man. To me, you know, animals die all over this fucking every day about hundreds and thousands and a lot of people don't give a fuck. I'm one of the people who do give a fuck and I make it my fucking business to try to make a difference. Now, I, you know, I'm not one of these outreach motherfuckers that are running around and starting campaigns and doing this and doing that. And, you know, a lot of those different things stand for good things and that's great. But I I could figure out all right to go on in front of me. I don't I choose not to tolerate motherfuckers who just talk shit about animals like like it's the fucking game. Now, also like on the horizon of me making this decision that I'm like fuck that. And this was just happened to be like one like pinpoint thing. You know, like if people are like just posting on Facebook and shit, you know, fuck cats. I hate cats. There's no way they're going to be my friend. Like I'm not going to and you know, again, the word friend is crazy. It just happens to be what they call the person who's on your Facebook list or whatever, but I'm not going to have that person on my list. There's dog people and cat people. I understand. Maybe cats aren't, you know, everybody's favorite animal. But if someone's being outright vocal about despising cats, how the fuck am I going to keep them on my Facebook? It's not, oh, it's the internet. Lighten up. Don't be so sensitive. No, dude, I don't fucking know you. So anyway, on the horizon of me making this decision, this is just something I wasn't willing to tolerate. I was just like moving on from motherfuckers who are thinking like that. You know what I mean? And this is the funniest shit on the planet to them is, is this this fucking running joke. So on the horizon of that was I already had planned on fucking Sunday to take a trip to the Bronx Zoo. And one of my main goals is because if anybody out here on the East Coast wants to see probably one of the best gorilla exhibits that I fucking know about, That's the fucking Bronx Zoo Gorilla Exhibit. And I spent a fucking ton of time there. I probably took like 70 fucking gorilla pictures up in there. Um, It's it's just amazing. And little did I even know that when I got there, um, apparently like within the past year, I guess, um, they had fucking baby gorillas. So they had five baby gorillas. They had fucking five mothers and the five babies. And then, you know, the big silverback and shit in there. And that shit was just fucking amazing. They're absolutely my favorite animal to watch in a zoo. Obviously, you know, cats and big cats and tigers and shit are obviously my favorite animal. But within a zoo setting, tigers are very fucking um, dominant and um, territorial. So a lot of times, like, when you see a tiger, like, in a zoo setting, they're just pacing because they're worried about the motherfucker that's living next door. Like... They're so consumed with the fact that there's a cat living, like, a couple hundred feet away that that's what they're going to do with most of their days, like, back and forth and, like, let me get to this motherfucker. Like, I swear to God, if I ever meet this motherfucker, it's on, like, you know, like, they're really consumed with that type of shit. So, although, you know, it's it, it's cool to see them and I do enjoy them, you know, I, I've definitely seen some really good zoo settings where they're they're really comfortable and, and uh you know, relax and everything like that, more times than not, that's the kind of the type of setting you're going to see with, with the tiger in a zoo. Um, You know, on a side note, there's I think uh, something like 3000 tigers left in the wild. And I think something like 10,000 tigers in captivity. So for that reason alone um, I'm definitely for, you know, the zoos being in tigers being in zoos, as well as in the wild, because that number in the wild is only dropping. And, um, you know, at least the different breeding programs in the zoo is keeping the species alive. So, um, yeah, obviously there's some zoos that are in, you know, really bad shape and everything like that. And those places don't deserve to have, you know, any kind of animal. So I'm not speaking for, you know, any tiger in any zoo is a wonderful thing. However, you know, there are different programs in different places and sanctuaries that, that have kept the breed, um, the species going. And, um, you know, so, but my favorite animal to watch in a zoo are gorillas because you could watch them. And like I said, with the five babies and the moms and the fucking silverback, you could watch them. And it's like, it's a community. It's it's like a straight up family. They have such intelligence and you can just watch them interact and, and the, just the looks on their face, you can see the shit that's going on with them. Like, the when I, went, when I went in there, too, because if you go to the Bronx Zoo, there's, like, a gorilla exhibit, and it brings you through kind of like a somewhat of, like, a tunnel system, and it winds back and forth. And then when you finally get to the end, the end is, is, like, a big panoramic theater of the gorilla habitat, which is just big windows all the way around. And then there's somewhat like a tunnel where the window's on the one side, window's on the other side. And the gorillas could go up above you walk over to the other side. So they were all on the right, which is, like, the smaller side of the compound. And um, that's when I saw, like, the baby laying there and shit. And then I look up, and there was another mom with a baby. And then, like, five, ten minutes later, the big silverback walked up on the big fucking rock, chest puffed out and shit. And then he was, like... He must have, like, alerted these motherfuckers, like, we're making a move and shit. Because he decided, yeah, we're headed to the other side. He crossed up over the fucking... Over the top And each one of the moms grabbed a baby Threw them on their back Like they each just threw the baby on their back And fucking climbed up over to the other side And then they all just gathered around this big tree And and the babies played like kids Climbing up and down the trees and limbs And swinging around on vines and shit And you know And the, the silverback just lounged Just straight up lounged up against the tree Just fucking chilling And moms were just doing their own thing Walking around then they started throwing like vegetables in there So they were eating and stuff But it's just so fucking entertaining and, and interesting to watch their dynamic So Again it just It solidifies exactly My fucking feelings And when I sit there and I watch this shit And then go man there's someone out there That thinks it's really fucking funny That one got shot And that they can make this fucking Because you know It's fucking human stupidity That got that gorilla shot Someone fucked up, and the zoo had no choice but to shoot the gorilla at that point. And then you get a whole team of motherfuckers. You get all sorts of motherfuckers that are like, "That's fucking hilarious." And here's a meme to to continue this the joke. I, I don't, I don't get the joke. I don't think it's fucking funny. And like I said. When you watch these fucking beautiful animals and and the amount of joy I take in in watching them and just it it fucking interests me to to a very, very high fucking level. So when I watch that, to think that there's somebody on the other side of that fence that just doesn't give a fuck and and takes it all just so very lightly that, uh, like I said, there's so many people who don't give a fuck about animals far more than actually care about animals. And that's, that's something I deal with on a regular basis. When people drop their fucking dog off, fucking half dead, because they don't want to deal with it anymore and never took it to the vet. And we have to do what we can to try to save that fucking dog and bring that bu- that dog back
0: to an adoptable
1: stage. And fucking, you know, we we run off donations. So we, we got to fucking continue to raise funds and do what we do to bring that dog Back to fucking good health in order to try to find it an actual good home to give it a good life, and, and you know it's it's a never ending cycle that type of shit that goes on on a regular fucking basis. So it, it's not like a it's not like a phase or something I'm doing for attention or to try to look like a better person or this and that. It is what I fucking am, man. This is this is what I'm about. And, and if that makes me a fucking bad person, then you should really kill yourself. You should really consider jumping off a motherfucking bridge and inviting your family to join you. Because they're probably pieces of shit, too, to have raised you that way. But that's not my fucking business. That's the fucking person you want to be. That's the fucking family you want to have. It is what it is. But I don't give a fuck about you. So that's, that's basically what it comes down to, to me. As far as my negativity or this and that, you don't like it, get the fuck on. It's funny because I'm the negative motherfucker, but I was the negative motherfucker to kick you guys off my motherfucking Facebook. So, again, it's nothing to me because I was never fucking friends with you motherfuckers. But, hey, man. So um, I'm going to take a break, come back, talk about some fucking CZWs.
0: Behind him had his hands in his pocket Took my pistol out, unlocked it Pulled the hammer back and cocked it And left his shit all on the carpet I seen a burn it, burn it. I pinpointed my car I'm making my way up out the building. I got that nigga that I came here to get notified. his children That day your oh man then fell about the game Because I came do this motherfucker And killed his ass It's like Jesse James
1: all right now look this is i'm gonna say this statement before and after uh, my review of this show because you know i know a lot of times you know i get off on my tangents and i and i have criticism about everything and you know people tend to see it as negativity but i just call things as i see them and I, i plan on doing no different tonight but I do want to say, first and foremost, this is one of the best top-to-bottom CZW shows that have happened in a long time. And, you know, I, I my hat's off to them, and, you know, I'll give credit where it's due along the line and uh, along the way and, you know, uh, review it pretty honestly. Now, look, I, I would like much more Captain Dave on this um this run through, unfortunately the well, captain captain Dave did not come through this month. Um, he, he tried to do it on the fly and that's something I do not recommend uh, captain Dave doing. So I did my best with, uh, what he gave us, which is gold. Look, what he did is fucking awesome, but you know, he, he missed probably at least half the show as far as the, uh, the matches and stuff. So, so what can you do? But, um, so now I ordered this uh on live iPay per view, uh, which is probably the last time I'll order it on live iPay per view, which is a shame because I do like to watch things live as they happen. It's that much more exciting. Sometimes man, like I'll have fucking you know, things to watch and just just don't have the you know, the um the the drive or the um Interest in actually watching it. I just don't have the motivation, is what I was looking for. The motivation to watch it. But if it's live, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's watch that shit right now. It's happening, you know. So that that motivates me to watch the shit, you know, right now if it's happening right now. So I I'm big big on the fucking eye pay per view thing. But unfortunately, um, this time it was horrible. Um, the the whole screen was pixelated and I mean, it looked like fucking CZW Minecraft edition, you know, it, it was really fucking bad. Um, and you know, some of them, you know, if you were in multi-man matches, you'd see some shit happen and like the, the screen wouldn't really like, come back together for the guy's face to be clear enough. So you'd be like, who the fuck even just did that move And it. It really took away from it um, a lot. Um, And and, um, I've been able to, you know, see it again since. So I could fully appreciate everything that happened in the show, but yeah, it it was completely fucked. um, And turns out it was on CZW's end as far as their production goes. Um, They also refunded last show. Um, these are the last two shows since Pancos left. So Pancos left and they had to refund both of their eye pay-per-views, um, their live eye pay-per-view viewings, which is it was pretty fucking terrible. Not only that, but High Spots already announced that they're not dealing with CZW anymore because they've had to refund the last two shows. So that's a shame. Um, I'm hoping they find another avenue and something goes well for them for that because – I really think being able to present the live product to to people is is a huge, huge asset. I I think that's a, a very good thing. If you're able to get people watching it while it's happening all over the world, I, I, I think that's, I mean, unmatched. Every company that doesn't do it, my first question for those guys is always like, are you going to do it? Do you have plans to do it? You know, I, I'd love to see, you know, IWA Mid-South do fucking high pay-per-views. I've always loved to see um, PWG do eye-pay-per-views, but I think due to their stack talent roster, I don't think they can because you know they use a lot of ROH guys, and that becomes fine with Ring of Honor, but I think part of that stipulation is they can't be running eye-pay-per-views. Um, I could be wrong on that, but from what I've heard, that's, that's a, like a big thing. They can't be using those contract Ring of Honor guys if it's going to be streamed live. So, um, you know, I guess you, you take the good, you take the bad. You know, and you know, all that other eighty sitcom stuff. But, um, so, I, I don't know. It, it was just really, really disappointing because this fucking card was stacked tock the bottom, and you could tell some really good shit was happening, but it was really hard to keep up with exactly what was going on, you know, and who was what. And, uh, it was, you know, fuck, man. It was like, uh, when I used to get fucking hammered, and on a football Sunday, I'd be like, 15 beers in before the fucking halfway through the 4 o'clock game because I'd wake up at, like, fucking ten eleven o'clock in the morning and then just start pounding beers. So I was, like, 6 or 8 in by the middle of the 1 o'clock game. So about 15, 18 beers in by the middle of the 4 o'clock games and was completely stumbling. So this show was, like, trying to watch the 8 o'clock game that night. <laughs> like, the uh, you know. Only you know mentally I was there, but visually it was it was very difficult to watch. So anyway, um, here here goes uh, what happened. Um, the show starts out. Larry comes out, does the whole deal, and um, one thing was very clear to me. Which look, I I would rather people just be straightforward than to be fucking. Um, you know then to be fronting. I, you know, I said it a lot over the years. I questioned DJ on the show about it and everything, and he, he really went down the road of just bullshitting me and, and tried to make it something it wasn't. And it's the Chris Cash show, point blank. If you'd like to do something else, fine, do something else. But as far as this show goes, it is and always has been the Chris Cash show. At different points, DJ would try to say, no, no, it's really all about all of our fallen superstars. And he would try to like crowbar in Trent's name and damage and, and JC and Larry Sweeney and, you know, and it's never really been that it really was. I mean, come on. The name of the show is Down with the Sickness, which is the name of the song that Chris Cash came out to. The main event of every show is a ladder match in tribute to Chris Cash being big on the ladder match. Like, come on. Like, dude, dude, don't insult my intelligence. It's fine. You're doing a tribute show for Chris Cash. I don't have a problem with that. But when it's like, then you just kind of mention Trent and you kind of mention Damage and you kind of mention JC, except for last where DJ came out to the ring and announced everybody and then forgot J.C. Bailey and walked out of the ring until the fans started chanting, J.C. Bailey, and then he, he'd try to play it off like, yeah, I was just waiting for you guys to bring it up. <laughs> like Dude, you, you can't do that on the tribute where you like let them let the fans fill in the blanks of a dead wrestler. That, that's not so cool. So this year they really kept calling it like the cash show, and it wasn't until Maven Bentley came out probably like four matches in and he started talking. that was the first mention you heard of J- of uh, JC and uh, Trent and damage and uh, no mention of Larry Sweeney. So again, you know, it's just, and I know he didn't have like a long illustrious CZW career, but it is a guy who has been mentioned in the past during these, these cash shows. This, just let it be what it be. You know, it's it just, to me it's always been like an insult to my intelligence and, and to their honor to say it's about everybody but there's one match that's clearly dedicated to the one guy the show's named clearly after the one guy and i mean just let it be what it be that's that's always what i've been about of course trent acid deserves a tribute show. unfortunately it's you know it's being done by somebody else who had way less to do with trent's career i know zandig's supposed to be involved i guess we'll see what happens with that because zandig's kind of been uh M.I.A. I have a feeling he'll show up for that one, but, you know, just just kind of crazy, you know, CZW would be the place to do it. I always thought, um, not to get off on a whole tangent and stuff about the, uh, you know, Trent, and I'm not going to go into the, the, you know, Trent Cup or anything like that, but um, best of the best should have been named after Trent when he passed. It just should have. I mean, that tournament was so built around Trent and, you know, what he was all about and what he brought to the table. I mean, the, the first two tournaments were completely about him. The first tournament was Johnny screwing Trent out of the best of the best trophy and winger winning it. You know, Johnny fucking dressed his winger and fucking screwed Trent out of the tournament in order for, you know, winger to end up winning it. And then the second one just one where Trent gets it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, It would have been completely fitting to just name it. And you didn't have to do, like, something over the top. It would have been such an easy just fucking name it after Trent and just be done. And forever, his name would be honored through that tournament existing. And being what that tournament has been throughout the years, which in in my opinion has been the most prestigious uh, tournament on the Indies, um, at least in the U.S., Um, the Ted Petty tournament has done some very big things, but in my opinion, they've taken a couple years off as far as, um, you know, being a top, top top-notch tournament. Um, they've, They've had some tremendous tournaments that you cannot match the talent on some of those cards. I mean, if you had to pick, you know, the top Ted Petty versus the top best of the best, I think the top Ted Petty wins. But I'm just saying consistently, as far as what that tournament has done year in, year out, I go, I go with best of the best, which unfortunately is going to Orlando next year. But I always thought it would be completely fitting to tribute Trent acid by naming the tournament after him, which was never done. He was also never put in the hall of fame from what I hear, or what has been said, that's going down on, I guess, next anniversary show, but it's kind of look going to look a little too late either way you look at it, but on top of it, they, um, you know, the, there's another company running a, a tournament for him and honoring him, and then come February, you guys are going to go, oh, by the way, he's in the Hall of Fame now, all these years later. Um, you know, I mean, honestly, you could have even jumped on that shit and put fucking all those guys in the Hall of Fame on this show. You, you could have put Trent, JC, and Damage in the CZW Hall of Fame on the show that's supposed to honor those guys but it's not really about that so anyway um, so we start off the show Monster Mac comes out and announces that that um, Moff had car trouble which I I don't know Uh, I think he wrestled somewhere else that night so I don't know maybe his, his car had difficulty getting to that building but um and you know said uh, you know I could wrestle against these guys handicapped or I can um you know pick a partner and if I pick a partner then you know we could defend the titles or whatever and fucking absolutely perfect partner who's the one and only fucking guy that you would want to see fucking team up monster mac if it wasn't my homicide homicide comes out and a fucking, you know, fucking building goes crazy because you know, everyone loves Homicide, it's Great to see him back in CZW. Um and, you know, they went up against TV Ready. And it was a really good match, great opener. Um you know, a lot of fun. I think uh fucking um Pepper Parks is going by something else now, something Sutter and I I don't know. I don't watch TNA. I i know he's something else on tna but i i don't watch tna so um i don't even know if i get tna anymore i don't i don't think it shows up on my dvr maybe i deleted it i don't even know what happens but i never have like a intention to watch it so it's not something that upsets me very much but um yeah so i don't know this is a good match and uh you know that that that's that um let me see. Then uh, next match was a four-way. And it was, a, you know, a lot of debuts. Yeah, Anthony Henry returning after his Best of the Best debut. I, I liked him a lot. I thought he was really good. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of got lost in the mix as far as Best of the Best. And, um, you know, there was a couple guys who shined really well in Best of the Best. But some, some were kind of lost, and he was one of them. And um, Tony Deppin. This guy's been tearing it up all over the fucking indies and on point and Everywhere else he goes I mean, he's a really hard-working dude He's super over because everyone notices, you know How intense he is out there And, you know, he's he's really good I like Deppin um, Ryan Taylor and Joey Lynch I never saw before But these guys were fucking good And, um, yeah, this this was a great four-way You know Spots all over the place A lot of action Quick-moving shit It's um, great four-way um, next up is Shane Strickland versus Desmond Xavier. This is this is just fucking like a PWG style fucking match. These guys just did amazing fucking you know athletic shit all over the place. Um, you know, real really cool high flying match. Um, Shane Strickland is a guy who really really you know they gave the win to him, which is great. Um, he needs to be spotlighted a lot more in CZW. Um, you know, he's doing some big things, at least I think he's doing big things. Cause I don't watch Lucha Underground either. Um, but I think he's doing big things with Lucha Underground. He's a guy who's improved tremendously. Um, and he, you know, he pretty much got his start in CZW. You know, he was doing a lot of things there and kind of hanging around there before he started getting, you know, all these bookings everywhere else. And he's just gotten so much fucking better. So I think when he's available to come back for bookings, they should really do everything they can to just kind of, you know, put him in big, big matchups. Cause I think he's going to show up. He's going to come through for CZW and he's a guy who, you know, has those CZW roots. So I think on all fronts, it, it looks really good. Hopefully, you know, they can get him on a regular booking basis where, you know, yeah, he works a lot of other places, but if he can clear out that one date for CZW per month, you know, they could do something big with him. I mean, I I'd like to see him one on one against Gresham for now. Yeah, the Gresham won the titles. Spoiler alert. Um, so so there's that. Um, let me see now. Now's where Captain Dave came in because what seems like it happened with Captain Dave was um, he. Uh, it looked like he was gonna do like a intermission report where he talked about all those those matches, and then like the lights went out to, for the show to start, and he got flustered and uh, just just kind of. Fucking scrap that So he did another one on the fly after the show And just, just missed a ton of matches But yeah, you know, what can you do I mean take what you get from fucking Captain Dave man The guy's gold So anyway Maven Bentley comes out
0: Maven Bentley uh, Was uh, was cutting a promo About the, uh, the down with the sickness and, and uh But the team IWA Mitchell just interrupted The Chris Cass Memorial Show John Wayne Murdoch, Dale Patrick, Josh Crane, and the IWA missed out and went to war with Team CZW.
1: All right, so um, I think what he was going for there was um, Reed Bentley, John Wayne Murdoch, Dale Patricks, and Josh Crane come out, and um, which is is kind of crazy because look, these were guys to, well. Technically, three of those four were labeled as John Zandig guys, which was awkward to begin with because they're fucking clearly Ian Rotten guys, which is even funnier now in retrospect what they've done. But um, all signs are pointing to John Zandig is gone from CZW. Um, I, I don't think they've heard from him. They have not advertised him. So he's pretty much just dropped off of the the face of the CZW Earth, as it were. Uh, the, is there a CZW universe? Uh, I don't know. Well, he's gone from there. Um, you know, he came, the the boss is back, which is, yeah, just, again, you know, that whole thing was a fucking disaster. And, you know, there was some good stuff on it, but, like, such a clusterfuck. They threw so much together into that one fucking situation. And then look at what happens. One month later, you got guys who were John Zandig guys out there being heels. And then the other John Zandig guys like Ruckus and Robbie, who the fans were fucking ballistic to see back, super fucking amped to see back, gone again. Pinky, gone. Uh, Kyle the Beast, where is he at? He's not there. You know what I mean? So it was it was like this whole big, oh, shit, wave of the fucking future. And then it's like, uh, yeah, gone, over, done in one month. Now, you know, the one thing that I'll say to to, to DJ's credit is, and then I'll jump ahead a little bit, but to turn in, in one month. Now, Now, imagine that situation. You have John Zandig, was a huge fucking angle. Obviously, this was going to carry, at least through the rest of the year, into something big on Cage of Death. Something big was going to come out of it on Cage of Death with John Zandig, guys, and all of this stuff, right? I mean, just just by logic of, of what was going on. So imagine within one month's time, a show is run, all of that shit comes off the table, and you're left with pretty much fucking nothing within that month's time, he was able to get together an angle that I've been calling for for a long time. And, and a lot of fans would want it for a long time. And that's the fucking IWA mid South CCW feud to be, you know, reignited with new talent on the rosters. And that's, that's the turn they took. And so now you, you got those four in there. Um, I I will say that, look, I mean, I know they're the dub boys and all of that stuff, but I'm not sold on them being the face of CZW. It it doesn't work for me. Um, I, I really, really would like them to break up this nation of intoxication thing because it's been such like a fucking consistent joke over the years. Like, all right, good. You got Dev out there and you got fucking Connor Claxton out there who with the fucking scrambled screen, you couldn't tell the difference between him and Danny Havoc. So it was only Connor Claxton because that's what the announcers were saying. If they said it was Danny Havoc, I would have took their word for it because uh, Connor Claxton shaved his head now and you couldn't see anybody's fucking face on the, the pixelated screen. So anyway, but Danny Havoc's in the fucking building. I don't know where Lucky was, but you got a four where it would be a four on four. So now you got two Nation of Intoxication guys teamed up with the dub boys and this is czw's battle against those i don't i don't fucking i don't quite get that um this match was alright but like honestly this is probably the worst match of the show um i'm not saying it you know like this was complete fucking garbage but compared to every fucking thing that else that happened that night um this had to be the low point which um Look i you know, I like all four of those guys. Uh, I don't like Josh Crane personally, but um i I like his work, I like what he brings in the ring and everything else um i'm not... eventually i I gotta get into this Josh Crane thing, and I don't know. maybe I'll do it tonight after I do this review. It depends on if I feel like continuing to talk, probably though um. So anyway, yeah, I don't like him personally, but I like his work in the ring. Um and I think he's a valuable asset to CZW as far as being there and, and being a guy that they use because he's gonna bust his ass. Um I'll get back to the other part later. Um so but I just don't um I don't really get the um you know, the the combination of, of the dub boys and I guess that's just who they had. But um yeah, so it was what it was. Um, let me see uh, Now what happened next Oh yeah he didn't even hit that Jesus Christ uh, Captain Dave um, Ricky Shane Page up against Sammy Callahan uh, This Look this was getting real fucking good um, They're going back and forth Fucking stiff shit You know Sammy works And uh, Ricky was definitely giving it back to him this was a really good matchup, and um, then uh, during the uh, the match at some point, Ricky Shane Page called out for like a you know twist of fate. He he did the delete delete thing, and uh, then he had the twist of fate. And when he did, Sammy took that crazy fucking like head bump, like fucking like land on your forehead, fucking Jack Evans crazy shit bump, and uh, I guess hurt his fucking neck. So uh, he he was down. They were throwing the X up, and you know he looked hurt. Hopefully he's all right and everything. But yeah, that was definitely uh... self-inflicted as far as I could say. I don't know. But um, so then uh, after that they set up um the whole uh uh tangled web match, which is going to be Ricky Shane Page, Alex Cologne, um Danny Havoc, and um, Tim Dunst for a match. Um, then you had uh, David Starr defeated Dave Christ with Scarlett and Graves and, uh, in a no DQ match. These motherfuckers beat the shit out of each other. This is a great fucking match. Um, yeah, tables, chairs, skewers, they fucking stuck the skewers in each other's heads, thumbtacks. The fucking match ended with a fucking German, like a deadlift German off the top rope, through fucking chairs, uh, star hit him with just fucking bananas. Absolutely fucking crazy, that spot. Um, this this was a lot of fun, this match. This was really crazy shit. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, now, here, here's the one thing I don't fucking enjoy, and it goes back to what I've been saying, you know, the past couple of weeks, is this... Look, I'm not a fucking k guy I, along the lines of, heel, face and this and that. Um that's that's uh kind of that's something different. That's that's my definition of a mark as far as I'm concerned, uh which which maybe I'll go into that too after this. But um I um I don't like when fucking guys need to put themselves over, put each other over on Facebook or on the mic and all of that and this I mean To say, you know, down the road in a shoot interview or something like that, I don't see as a big deal either. But you guys have pitched this fucking feud of hating each other and fucking German suplexing a motherfucker through thumbtacks on fucking chairs and all this shit. And, like, you fucking barely stop bleeding and you're on Facebook typing, I love you fucking, I, I, you're my brother, I love you so much, and it's just like fucking stop it, guys. Can you shoot him a fucking text and tell him how much you fucking love him, and let the fans think that you still don't like each other a little bit, so when like a year or two down the road, they rekindle this fucking thing, you go, man, remember the last time they squared off? Now you remember the last time they squared off, and how he immediately loved them, and he always loved them, and He's his brother, and he just brings out the best in him, and he just so loves him. Stop it, guys. It's not fucking necessary. I don't know why everybody needs to be homosexual immediately after fucking fighting. I I don't know why that needs to happen. I'm very against it, completely fucking against it, because you guys went out there and fucking tore it up. Clearly, I don't think the fans think that you really hate each other, but the fucking violence and the fucking you know crazy shit you were doing in that match, puts the fans on that fucking level, like, "Oh, fuck, what are these two gonna do to each other next? This is fucking crazy, you know, and then immediately, like, oh, let me like David star's fucking status of how much he loves David, fucking Chris I mean come on, guys, it's really unnecessary. You're not gaining anything from it. I mean. Obviously, you're looking for some form of attention. Otherwise, you probably would have just shot him a text. But you want the world to know the same world that you wanted to think you hated each other. You now also need that world to know that you just love and adore him, which come on, man. I mean, we see enough fucking, you know, traveling pictures and fucking all of that stuff. And with the JML thing. And, I, you know, then, guys, you're doing this fucking JML signal thing that same fucking hand signal is meant I love you in sign language for like a fucking hundred years. So I don't know if you guys think that's like unique to you, but like it, it was like an I love you signal and Jimmy Superfly fly deal like long before this JML thing. So I, I don't know how clever that is, but I mean, again, a little bit fucking irritating guys. I mean, you can have your own click and that's, that's fine, but uh, come on guys. Can you just be your own fucking wrestlers and, and put over the fact that you're fucking violent for 10 fucking minutes after the match rather than going to fucking Twitter and Facebook and professing your love for the other guy. It's just, it's really unfucking necessary It's like the only wrong you guys have done. You guys are out there fucking busting your asses, putting your fucking selves on the line, fucking going above and beyond for the fucking fans or yourself or whoever the fuck you're doing it for. But either way you look at it, you're really fucking taking high risks and doing shit and blowing the fucking roof off the joint to blow the other guy too. I mean, come on guys. All you have to do is just fucking pretend you don't have to continue it and like talk shit to each other on Facebook. Just don't do what you're doing. Just don't go over the top in that direction for Christ's sakes. So I, I don't know. Um, and then, uh, What do we got? And then we had, um, yeah.
0: We have a new CZW World Heavyweight Champion, Jonathan Gresham, who defeated Brett Eshelay, Matt Tremont, and Joe Gacy here tonight here in CZW.
1: So, yeah, and, uh, you know, that happened. This was a crazy, crazy fucking match. And look man, I give credit to all these motherfuckers in this match. Greg excellent went out there and fucking killed it. I mean, he he fucking killed himself. Um I mean, I I don't know where it goes from there for him. Um it's one of those things that I don't know if the risk is worth, you know, the long term personally. Um I think Greg is capable of doing that type of thing. Is that the type of thing he's going to do every month? I don't think so. And unfortunately, like, with CZW fans and a lot of the guys, um, you're you're not going to get that month in and month out pop because you did that once. And I sure as fuck wouldn't expect him to want to do that shit more than once. I mean, he took fucking staple guns and the fucking uh, the tax strips and the, the fucking... Um, uh, the fucking cinder block to the back of the head, man. This dude just started fucking pouring blood, like, all over, like, down the back of his neck, down his fucking chest. I mean, this dude was banged the fuck up, man. Um, again, uh, great fucking performance. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to go too far as far as, you know, you know, diminishing what it's going to mean for him in the future. I mean, I guess just let that shit speak for itself, but, um, Insane fucking performance. Great fucking performance. Jonathan Gresham went out there and fucking killed it. You know, people didn't expect him in that match whatsoever. He went out there and took a ton of shit, too. Um, and, you know, the the, the whole fucking uh, swerve towards the end was fucking Ian Rotten coming out and fucking, uh, you know, distracting fucking... Um, Matt Tremont. And uh where the fuck? I don't know what I just did with this clip before. Um uh, distracting Matt Tremont and uh allowing Jonathan Gresham to get the win. And and I love Jonathan Gresham taking the title. I really do. I think he's just one of the best wrestlers in the world. And um, you know, great fucking heel. You know, just a great guy to step into that position and be the guy to follow one of the biggest faces in CZW history, fucking Matt Tremont, you know, had the title for over a year. So to go from that to a guy who everyone, you know, well, not everyone, you know, I mean, the the CZW, um, I don't even know what to call them. The, the people who, who buy the shit, um, you know, buy the, buy the face heel gimmick, really, really fucking hate him because he said – you know he doesn't like death matches, as far as he says. But again, you know, he just fucking did one. But um, you know, it left people thinking with uh, the IWA uh, invasion and Ian there and everything.
0: And the question with me is, uh, if the year 2003 had been reborn once again here in 2016? Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, what a what a surprise they had at the C and. Uh,
1: yeah, that's pretty much exactly my thoughts. But, um, you know, I, I think it's really good, uh, the the whole fucking crossover, and it's a great four that they brought in to, to kick this feud off. Um, I think those are guys that they can use on a regular basis and are solid workers. Ian, um, you know, he's not going to be able to play that role and fucking square off with DJ in a cage or some shit like that. Uh, You know, Ian's got fucking nine toes at this point. He's losing his vision. You know, he's having a really, really hard time with his diabetes and everything. And, uh, you know, to be just like the mastermind that sends his guys out there at this point, I think will work perfectly fine. And honestly, I really would like to see DJ do that same role where he doesn't fucking wrestle either. And he sends his fucking boys out there. You know, uh, that's uh, one one other thing I, I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, when I talked about the whole Maven Bentley thing, is Maven Bentley played the, uh, he kind of took the Zandig role, because Zandig was going to be more of the mouthpiece, more of the on-screen character. Maven Bentley is a guy who I've wanted to see as the on-screen character over DJ for a long time. He's well-spoken. He goes out there. He has a command of the fucking English language, unlike DJ, who's often sounds like he just learned that shit um you know he's able to go out there and fucking get the point across and really sell the product and and he's confident about what he's doing and and it it looks fucking good when he's out there and he's doing you know his part and playing his role um you know and and it's limited too it doesn't turn into you know djs all over the fucking place he's telling you that he hates you and then he's he's announcing a match that you like and then he's telling you that he's going to be wrestling later in here and he's going to, you know, it, it keeps it very contained with Maven where he gets to the point, he says what needs to be said and he gets the fuck out of there. You know, that's, that's what I like. You know, he could be the enforcer, but he doesn't have to be, I'll see you next month in fucking Ohio and I know we're a barbed wire match after this and then that, and that, you know, so I really, really like Maven's role, and I hope he's able to, you know, keep doing it that way because, you know, Maven, uh, I, I've always seen as an asset to be an on-screen role, whether he hasn't wanted to do it in the past or whatever the case was. Um, I, I think they were missing out on that, and hopefully now that, you know, they can keep that going. Um, what else? Oh, then the, the main event.
0: Moment ago. go we have ourselves a brand new world wire television champion the bad boy Joey Chanella as uh as you see the CZW staff uh, is a uh, cleaning up, um, uh, up them of the cornice now what you see here is CCW. and ladies and gentlemen um
1: one more thing I want to mention about the last match when fucking Tremont got one of those tax strips like straight up stuck in his forearm and had to like pop it out of his fucking skin that shit was fucking crazy, and uh, the the power bomb at the end looked fucking nuts with uh Greg taking a cinder block power bomb looked like he caught his, his lower back on it I, I don't know if he did or not but that shit looks hurt I, I fucking love cinder blocks because it's one of those things that like you really can't fake much like you're falling on a motherfucking cinder block. You know, when, when Masada was um, fucking scoop-slamming And Scotty Vortex, I think he was doing it too At uh, Tournament of Death He just threw like a pile of cinder blocks And that's way fucking worse Because they were like sitting on all sorts of jagged edges and shit And he just kept fucking picking them up And scoop-slamming them into it He might as well be in it And fucking pile-drivers up a balcony Because to me, it looked so fucking brutally painful And it was something as simple as a scoop-slam But fuck, man You can't fucking... I don't know how to protect yourself. I mean, I'm not a wrestler, but I don't know how to fucking fall safely on the edges of fucking cinder blocks. <laughs> that shit is fucking bananas. So I've always liked cinder blocks. I've heard some people that don't, but I don't know. I'm all for them. Um. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Janela fucking Rush. What more can you say? Those two matched up is fucking crazy. And then you add ladders. I mean, this has been a a year-long feud, or year plus, and uh, just fucking awesome. I mean, just fucking so great. Janelle is back. You know, um, he he just fucking went out there and killed it. And to do that, you know, fucking off the rafters, fucking elbow drop through the fucking ladders, just fucking bananas. Just so fucking great, Um, you know, excellent, excellent way to close out that fucking show and main event Chris Cash ladder match and everything and it didn't have to end in a cash flow like so many Chris Cash shows have ended, you know. Again, I get the tribute, but at least it could be a match and do its own thing without having to be that um, you know, follow a blueprint or anything like that. It was fucking crazy and uh, yeah, I hope they're able to keep uh, Leo Rush around in the company for a while too. I know he did his thing over in Ring of Honor, but, you know, he's still been able to be around. So I'm hoping he's still able to, you know, be there and work a bunch of matches because he's tremendously talented. And, um, of course, Joey, man, it's great to see him back. Uh, it would be interesting to see what they do with him now because he's obviously over like a motherfucker as the face. They seemed like uh, before he left he was, he was going to turn heel, and they were leaning in that direction with the uh, – it wasn't even before he left. It was actually while he was gone They kind of played up that angle at the uh, TOD that he was going to be a DJ guy against a Zanda guy. But now you got the outside faction of IWA coming in and, you know, who better to be a CZW guy than the Wired champion, Joey Janela. Um, I, I mean, Joey could be anything he fucking wants. He could play heel face, you know, he's going to go out there and kill it. So, but, um, yeah, it's good to see him back, and they absolutely killed it. The, the, the fucking show is well worth the DVD price, or you want to go get the fucking per View now that they got it all, you know, fixed up the the digital download or whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it's it's well worth the price. You guys go check that shit out. It's one of the best CZW shows they've done, top to bottom in a long fucking time, and uh, that's pretty much that. Um. Yeah, let me get into this other thing real quick. Now, Josh Crane, um, this kind of uh, – he kind of hit like a last nerve with me with this whole situation where, you know, sides were formed and everybody who, you know, had nothing to say before decided that they didn't fucking like me or whatever the case was. Now, I don't think that he necessarily took that stance or anything like that, but while people were piling on about the everything that – concerned me that they they thought they knew um they were criticizing the shirts and um well josh crane was the guy who i paid to do the shirts so he decided to pop up and chime in on on it by saying that he was given shitty art and that's why it came out shitty and this and this which I immediately screenshotted and then sent to him and said, so I gave you shitty art. Is that what happened? Cause let me go back and explain exactly what fucking happened with Josh and why I don't like him as a person. Because when I lay out all these things, I mean, it's it just, it's a very dishonest person and someone who hasn't been straightforward whatsoever. Um, I initially contacted him. He had put out that he was doing screen printing and all of that stuff. So when I originally was going to do the shirts, um I I contacted him. He gave me a price that was better than a couple of the other people I was talking to. And um sorry, right, everything was good. It took him a while to get the shirts done, a little longer than expected or whatever, but hey, no problem, whatever. Got them done, got the shirts, extremely happy with them. right? Now, I only got, like, a a few of the the bigger sizes because I didn't didn't think I was going to need, like, an excess of bigger sizes. I got a handful of people, more or less, like, this guy said he wanted a bigger size, that guy said he wanted a bigger size. I knew this guy was going to need a bigger size. So I ordered, like, that many, but then I got mostly just large and extra large because I figured that was pretty standard size. Um, So what happened was I got those couple bigger sizes sold, and maybe two, three large, extra large sold, and all I got was fucking requests for every size that I didn't have, so while now I still didn't even make anywhere near my money back, I still had all these other people wanting fucking double X and triple X and fucking quadruple X and all this other shit, so I'm like, fuck man. I'm like, look, you know, this isn't my fucking career. I, I'm not like a, a T-shirt guy. I'm not a guy who's trying to like fucking rake in a ton of money off a Zandig thing. I remember, like when I I made these fucking I'm a John Zandig guy shirts, there was no talk about a John Zandig comeback. This was like my fucking statement of like, look, I I'm about the old school CZW. I'm a John Zandig guy. There was so much talk of. You know, revisionist history of what the old CZW was, and it was only death matches,
0: and da 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 da,
1: and all a bunch of bullshit. So, I more or less wanted to make a fucking statement to say, Look, I'm a John Zandig guy. So, I did that. And, you know, I put the name of my show on there, too, because fuck, man, why not also promote me? You know, and, um,. Which is funny because now, you know, so many people do ball my shirts that supposedly hate me so much also have the name of my fucking show on it. So you can either deface your shirt, find a way to get it off of there, or walk around my fucking show name on it. So either way, good times. Um, so I just said fuck it and made the decision to put myself further in the hole in order to sell these larger shirts and, and get them. I was more concerned with getting them on people. Than than the money aspect of it, because, of course, it, I would make a little bit if I sold all of them, but I'd have to sell half of them at least to even break even, which, okay. to be honest with you, I think all in at this point hasn't really happened. Um, so anyway, I go back to Josh and Josh said after the first time, look, you know, I have I have then I said, dude, you know, I might want more in the future. And he's like, no problem. I have the, you know, I I have the screen print, you know, whatever the case is. He has everything saved from the first time I did it. Right. So he says, you know, look, it's going to do this. Uh, We're going to get it by this date, whatever. And it was fucking like way late, like probably a month fucking late. And I kept getting the runaround. I kept getting excuses of this is why and this is why and this is why. To the point where he ended up saying I'm going to throw in extra shirts Because it's taking me so long So he does that Well I get The shirts and The graphic on the front is Two and a half inches smaller Than my previous shirts And I immediately Message him and I say dude what the fuck And And I send him a screenshot Of the shirts the old One sitting next to the new one And his response was I don't see what the problem is. And I said, dude, really? Look at the two shirts. They're not even close. And then he starts giving me this, well, you know, I, I didn't know, uh, you know, what size you were going to you know, want them or. Dude, we went over this already. And, and And when it came down to just printing more shirts, it was just printing more shirts. There was nothing different that needed to be done. There were no specifics to be gone over because we went over those specifics the first time and everybody was on the same page until you printed out the wrong shit and sent it to me. I'm so sorry, bro. I'm so sorry. Next time I'll cut you. Out. And I said, next time, dude, I spent a couple hundred dollars on these fucking shirts. And now, like, I got to sell these shirts. knowing that, And I don't think they look bad. But if you put them next to the other one, well, fuck, clearly the first ones look better. So, I, uh, you know, I'm like, dude, there's not going to be a fucking next time. I I spent a couple hundred dollars on these shirts, and you're telling me the next time that I hand you money, you're going to do better for me, or you're going to cut me a break? What the fuck is that, dude? Now I have these shirts. I'm so sorry, brother. I'm really, uh... I'm disappointed. I'm so sorry that you're disappointed with the shirts and that they're not what you wanted. And, you know, completely super, super polite, apologetic, blah, 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 blah. So now when these fucking guys start bashing me on this fucking thing about my shirts, he goes. Oh, yeah, well, I printed the shirts and, you know, it wasn't my fault because I was given shitty art. And then the dude was like, well, the first one was, the first run was good. He's like, yeah, yeah, the first run was great, but then I was given shitty art the second time. So, like I said, I screenshotted it, and I hit him up, and I said, dude, so I gave you shitty art, is that what happened? I was like, because honestly, I didn't give you any art the second time. You had the art from the fucking first time, you knew exactly what to do, and you, you did it wrong. And he goes, you're right, man. I, you know, I, um, I need all the specifics every time because I'm new to this and I'm still learning and I'm like, well, all right, man, I just feel like you were really dishonest and what's done is done. Take care, bro. And I, you know, I deleted them off the Facebook too, because I I don't need people like that. And it wasn't just that because that was shitty to me, but in the same token, like, It was just dishonest because he came out of nowhere to defend the fucking his work when he fucked me, apologized up and down. And then when I went back to him after he fucking tried to try to more or less like blame the shit on me, then he apologized again and took fucking blame for it. But not in a social forum where he's talking to a bunch of fucking people. So it's just dishonest bullshit. My other problem with Josh Crane was. I I fucking was, was willing to, you know, this is obviously this other part where he tried to, you know, put the blame on me after I'm the one who got fucked. Um, that that obviously came just last week. But prior to that, I was going to let bygones be bygones and have him on the show. And if you remember, Josh Green was not on the show. Um, he fucking waited till pretty much last minute. And... Yeah, yeah, we're good to go. We're good to go for next week. Okay, hit him up fucking, like, Monday. Yeah, we're good to go. Hit him up fucking Wednesday. Here's the call-in number. Oh, bro, I got to cancel. Um, I'm really sick. I'm really sick today. I could barely even speak. da 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 Okay, well, you know, what about next? Can we do it next week? Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. I'm so sorry. I, I hate to do this to you. All this other, you know, want-to-be-humble shit. And then we get to the next week, and he does the same fucking thing to me. It comes to the fucking day of, and he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. I've been meaning to get on the computer all week to tell you, I'm sorry. I got to cancel on you again. But if it wasn't for my health and, and, and crazy stuff going on in my personal life, I wouldn't do this to you, man. I'm so sorry again. And then, like, two days later, he's on another fucking podcast. It's like fucking whatever. Be a straight up motherfucker and be like, I don't want to do your fucking show. I don't like you. I don't want to do your show. Or just, I don't want to do your show. Whatever the case is. Just tell me, hey, I'm not into it. Whatever the case is. No thanks, man. I mean, however you want to put it, just be straight up. That's all I fucking ask. People call me this and this and this, but then the other people who are out there are are operating in that fashion where they're not fucking honest. They're not fucking straight up. And then the last thing about Josh Crane I just don't fucking like is, and and that's his own personal problem. You know, his own personal problem is the lies he tells to himself, and then he tries to spread him because he tries to spread the fucking, the, the, the powerful positive message of work hard for everything that you want. While you're, you know, while your uh, opposition is sleeping and you're working hard and, you know, they're working hard while you're sleeping and hey, you gotta, there's not going to be a tomorrow to do better. Um, right now is the time you gotta. Meanwhile, like, you gotta work really hard for what you want, and, you know, and he and keeps going on and on about how CZW is where he wants to be, and he's doing everything he fucking can. Meanwhile, between Tournament of Death and fucking King of the Death match, he got fatter. And, and Josh Crane seems to get fatter and fatter, and post nothing about working, nothing but fucking working hard status. I'm working hard, I'm working hard, I'm working hard, and meanwhile, he's getting fatter and fatter. So, to me, like, I don't like motherfuckers who play the fucking role. You played a role, beat a role. You know what I mean? And again, that's his personal problem. And that's not my fucking problem. If he just if he walks around and, and acts fake and, and talks about shit that he's not about, because I fucking post shit about what the fuck I'm doing and I show fucking results. That's that's what the fuck I do. But again, I'm just a negative fucking person. So what, what do I know? You know what I mean? So so that's that's my opinion on him personally. I think between all those things that I just compiled, I, I just don't think he's a he's a good person. I I think he's fake and for that reason. It's as simple as again, I'm not Batman. It's not like now I'm gonna track him down and enforce do not get the fuck at. It's just it's as simple as I don't want him on my fucking Facebook. I I'm tired of reading his fucking I work super hard statuses. And then, you know, super humble, I'm sorry, brother. No, I really apologize. And then the next time it's the same bullshit. And then he pops up to try to defend his fucking name on something else when he already admitted to being his problem. And I got screenshots of all that shit with him apologizing and taking responsibility for it and then turning around and fucking trying to play the other role. So it it is what it is. That's, That's why I don't like him personally. But like I said before, I think he's an asset to CZW. I think he's a hard worker as far as in the ring goes. Not in the fucking gym, but, or or his fucking diet, whatever the fuck's going on. But I think he's a fucking, he's a good worker in the ring. Uh, And I think he could do big things for CZW. And and Dale Patricks and all that over there. You know? So, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm not biased like that where I don't like a motherfucker and then I'm blind to everything that they can do well. Not at all. So, but that's why, like, it, you know, I'm not gonna harp on it. You're not gonna hear it on a regular basis. But I, you know, I mentioned I don't like him fucking personally, and and that's that's my reasoning why. Not not gonna keep harping on it. That'll probably be the last time you hear me say that. Um, definitely last time I explain it. But um, so that that is what it is. Um, the other thing is I wanted to kind of touch on this this uh, Mark situation because I. I've become uncomfortable with the wrestling fandom. Um, and, you know, this is, this is a thing where I think maybe, maybe some of the people that jumped on the other side against me and all of that, which again, I don't give a fuck, but um, maybe they were hurt by some of the things I've said about wrestling fans and it fits, they fit the bill. Um, but, but basically what it comes down to is, um, cause I've heard a lot of diff- different definitions of, of Mark and what people think Mark is and, and their own feelings on Mark's and this and that. My personal opinion on a Mark is someone who buys into the face and heel situation. And when a guy like Jonathan Gresham, who's one of the best wrestlers in the world comes out there, gets on the mic and says the Deathmatch wrestlers are trash. Those fans, those Mark's go home hating his fucking guts and fucking legitimately hating him and thinking he's a complete piece of shit because he bashed deathmatch wrestlers as a heel on the mic. To me, that's a mark. Now, I I also think that's the same guy. Like, if I was a promoter, I would want fucking all marks and none of me is what I would want because I'm a realistic-thinking adult that knows what he likes and doesn't like and doesn't really fall into that just... Um, you know, that lemming mentality and stuff like that. But I, I, you know, I'm going to give you criticism and, you know, maybe some of it can help your company get better, but like a a straight up Mark, Mark, like those fucking people will clap for fucking anything. Um, They will buy best of DVDs that contain all matches that are already on DVDs that they own. Like nothing extra just piled on a DVD and then like you know they'll get 10 8 by 10s of the same guy fucking signed over the years you know what i mean and that's that's valuable that's where your money comes from you're not going to get as many you know uh you're not going to get me in my wallet a bunch of times so it, it i'm not as easy as a grab as far as i'm concerned that's what a market is and again for the business and for um it to survive and and do that type of you know, revenue—they're uh, way more valuable than me. So, you know, to to pander to those people, I, I completely understand. Um, on the other side of things, I don't like being around these motherfuckers who who can't wrap their brain around that this guy is playing the role of a bad guy and he doesn't really mean that. I mean, if you're the type of dude that's actually going to go home with your feelings hurt because the heel guy said the thing, I don't really value you as a human being to like have a conversation with. Like, I'm just not, I don't know, man, I'm almost fucking 40. I can't look at a guy like that and be like, Oh, didn't you buy an 8 by 10 last month? Yep, yeah, just fucking love him. Yeah, he's, he's a great. Okay, then. I mean, whatever you want to do with your money, whatever. But it's hard to actually, you know, sit down with that dude and have, like, an even-minded conversation. Um, so that that's kind of, you know, where I'm at with that type of thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's just, uh, I don't know any other way to put it. That that's pretty much it, and and I think a lot of people that fall into that that category catch feelings when you when you point that out. But I honestly don't think Shindies would involve would exist without Marks. I really don't, because I'll never fucking attend a Shindy show. I, I've attended a few Shindy shows in the past, but I'll never fucking show up to a a Shindy show, a bunch of bullshit talent maybe one, you know, match at the end or two matches at the end uh, of guys you've heard of and shit like that and some guy that was in the WWE 40 years ago just to draw people in. I mean, that's that's fucking... That's Mark Paradise, you know what I mean? Because they'll just clap for whatever. They're not looking for any kind of show stealer matches. They're just happy to fucking be anywhere. And the reason that fucking brings in any money whatsoever is because of fucking Mark. So, I understand completely... When, you know, a, a wrestler or a promoter or anybody kind of rebels against my opinion, because there are the fucking barking fucking seal fans that don't need any of that shit to be satisfied. So I get it, but you got to understand that there's going to be people out there that would like more intelligence-based entertainment. You know, that that... Go by the standard that you set for them, and uh you know act accordingly, but I don't know that's just my opinion or whatever but um, so check out the hot tag podcast Um, they're doing their thing um definitely check them out. I may be doing some kind of show with Shaheen later this week. I'm not really sure uh we had talked about it last week uh we We may get together do some kind of show later in the week. Maybe not, if not soon enough. Um, Check out all the fucking crazy art he's doing. He did a thing for the uh, Tren acid Cup over there. He does great fucking work. Um, Check out Alex Mahoney, who does also awesome artwork. She seemed to be very entertained by the the other side of people who were um, attempting to pile on me or whatever the case is. Um, Not really sure what the deal was with that, but eh. To each their own. I mean, if you find it hilarious that, uh, you know, that type of thing happens, then, uh, okay, that's cool. But uh, check out the Sports Den. I'm sure they have a million things to say after week one of the fucking NFL football season. Again, check out my uh, Facebook group page, and you'll see all my picks posted up there tomorrow night. My my picks, my daughter's picks, my girl's picks, everybody's picks. Uh, like I said, I'm one game behind right now. To Nina and, um, Crystal, who's one of my six-year-old twins, so, uh, very entertaining right off the bat, and, uh, man, I'm, I'm just so happy it's fucking football season, it's so exciting to me, so, um, yeah, man, I, I think that's about all I got, uh, hope everybody enjoyed, um, uh, you know, is what it is, where's my fucking outro? And, uh, yeah I'll talk to you motherfuckers later,
0: peace I love all of y'all, and, uh Shit You're all a bunch of fucking assholes You've been in the gym, bro You know why? DJ Hyde fuck you You don't have the guts to be what you wanna be You need people like me I'll listen to your To your podcast, and I'll find everything out You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So well that make you good. Black Jesus tell me tells me all the time to listen to well, what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well, I gotta <laughs> hear it now. You just know how to hide it. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell the truth. Even when I lie. The Chooser Radio. Jesus! For sacred nights to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, straight off the motherfucking breath. I ain't coming for no food. Sir.